0: 6.30 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 6.30 Chad. Oh, did you see that time-lapse video the Edmonton Oilers tweeted out today? They are putting in the ice at Rogers Place as the NHL is allowing teams to go to phase two on Monday. Players can use their home rinks for voluntary workouts in groups of six or less. Now, There probably will not be very many Euler players there Monday and into next week, but the option is available as we inch closer to training camp and the season and you know I'm hearing training camp we, we we heard that earlier that it wouldn't be before July 10th I'm hearing maybe it's more like July 14th at the earliest but the NHL slowly making progress and slowly getting closer to handing out the Stanley Cup for this season well I know there's one Edmonton Oiler in particular you would love to see get his mitts on the Cup Clefbaum gets it back from Dreisutel to McDavid back to Dreisutel back door Nugent
1: hop are right back
0: in this game it's three to two Nugent Hopkins with his sixth goal of the year chillings it pocket picked by drives walks in Joe saves have a rebound give him a little backdoor one-timer score Ryan
1: Nugent Hopkins makes it 5-3 Edmonton and what
0: a hockey game this has turned out to be the Nuge, two of his 22 goals this season to go with 39 assists, 61 points in 65 games. And you know what he was like after January 1st, hooking up with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto, fifth leading scorer in the NHL since January 1st with 37 points in 29 games. And I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports number 93, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's good to talk to you again. Obviously, the circumstances are a bit stranger than under which we usually talk, but let fans know how you've been doing and uh, and where you've been as we've been going through the NHL pause here.
2: Yeah, I've been doing well out in uh, Vancouver back home for uh, a while now, so i um, been able to to skate and uh, train for the past uh, few weeks now, so that's been a lot better. It was getting a little boring for a while, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot better lately and uh, just trying to enjoy some time off too and uh, golfing, doing things like that.
0: Well, I, I wanted to ask you about the training because that's been a, a challenge for a lot of players, different circumstances, maybe don't have access to usual facilities, but, it, for you i guess it feels a little more normal now
2: yeah for sure um <clears throat> basically i'm back to uh my normal summer routine i'd say or pretty close to it um as far as my training and and skating and stuff so uh on ice there's not too many guys they still have, uh well even in the gym there's still restrictions and stuff so it's definitely lower numbers but uh at the same time it's it's good. We're just uh, working on individual stuff on the ice a lot, uh, skating with Jujar a lot. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good so far.
0: The NHL is rolling into Phase Two on Monday, and teams, if they're able to, are are going to open up their facilities for players to train. Look, I know there's still a lot of process to work through. Do you have any thoughts about when you might want to come to Edmonton and start using Rogers Place?
2: Um. <sighs> Yeah, it's a good question. I'm just gonna wait and see uh, what the rest of the guys are feeling. Um, I think the kind of feel is if you, you if you have things at your home base, uh, skating and training. I mean, um, then it's not a bad idea to just stick uh, stick to that for now. I mean, I know once we come back to Edmonton, there's there's some uh, obviously like tests and stuff we got to be doing, and uh, there's a lot of protocol to to go through. So. Um, I think for now it's uh, it's easier if I just stay here, but um, definitely gonna be coming out soon and uh, yeah, get this thing rolling again. Well, I want to talk to you about the
0: the upcoming completion of the season, but the regular season was declared finished uh, about a week and a half ago by by Gary Bettman. so I, I do want to look back on a on a couple of storylines from the season since it it's now in the books. You know, Dave Tippett, did a a conference call with us a few days ago and and he reflected a little bit Uh, you know first year you had him uh, as a coach and the special teams were, were really good how would you sum up Dave's coaching style and maybe the biggest impact he had on the team this year
2: yeah I mean I think uh well, cool. I mean, our record kind of indicates uh, how well we responded to, to his coaching style. And um, I think the, one of the biggest things with him is uh, you're going to play structured. And uh, he, I mean, even when we were off our game a little bit, our structure really held us in games. And uh, I mean, obviously, a good goaltending went a long way as well. But I think uh, uh, the structure that he had us playing, uh, it, it definitely was something that um we could fall back on and and we did that a lot of and uh i mean he he gave us a lot of confidence too i mean he uh he believed in our group and uh that uh kind of um, went from top to bottom uh, and it goes a long way and what a transformation on the penalty kill ryan
0: i mean you and i did a lot of interviews the previous two years about oh man you couldn't get that key kill you couldn't get that key kill and and the penalty killing was lower down in the league and then this year you're top three most of the year
2: yeah for sure i think uh that was a huge jump for us i mean it uh it really does uh special teams is so important and our power play the past few years has been uh has been pretty solid and uh uh, we knew that the penalty kill was an area of improvement for us so um it was something that the guys out there uh we're taking a lot a lot of pride in and uh And I don't know if it was the different systems. I mean, uh, nothing changes too much system-wise on penalty kills throughout the league, but uh, just kind of the different mindset uh, out there. But uh, definitely uh, uh, we we played a lot better on the PK this year, and it uh, it shows, and uh, you, you get a lot of wins out of that.
0: Leon Dreisaitl won the scoring tighter. Kyler Yamamoto was just under a point a game. You were one of the top scorers in the NHL after new year's eve i mean you guys just had such an incredible run uh a, a, as a line uh, i mean yamamoto I, I don't know if anybody thought he'd he would be would produce like that and obviously leon just just took off but what clicked for you guys how come it was so successful
2: um yeah i think uh, all three of us though our style of play kind of complemented each other um i mean yamo he's he's such a he just goes and he goes gets the puck and he knocks guys off the puck and uh, he strips guys and um, and then he has the the skill set and the, and the mind to make plays after that. So uh, for Leon and myself, I mean, a lot of the time we were just kind of – the would get it, move it to, to one of us, and then uh, we'd use each other and uh, back the ammo. I mean, it was just uh, – we kind of re- would read well off of each other and uh, similar playing styles but at the same time uh, obviously different uh, where – uh, all of us, uh, we kind of compliment each other that way. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to see uh, Leon getting the Art Ross. I mean, he had such a great year, and uh, it's too bad that it got cut short because, uh, I mean, obviously he still ended up with a lot of points, but it uh, would have been fun to see where he, he could have ended up. But, um, yeah, it was fun to be a part of that line, and uh, definitely uh, things were rolling there at the end of the season.
0: Ryan Nugent Hopkins joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, so the, the format for the, the post-season tournament has been put out by the National Hockey League. Uh, it's certainly been debated a lot by, you know, guys like me and on shows like this, and you guys wind up with that five seed and have to play Chicago because they're going to allow 24 teams into the playoffs. You know, it sounds like there was a lot of debate about it. Uh, you know, as, as a player, how do you sort of feel about opening up the, the tournament to some teams that didn't look like they were going to be in the playoffs otherwise?
2: Um. Well, I mean, uh, I guess it's it's just kind of the way. It's it's the best situation out of a out of a bad situation here. Um, I know there's been tons of talks. Connor was on that uh, return to play committee, and uh, so he's obviously keeping us in in the loop. And uh, I mean, there's tons of ideas thrown out there, and uh, nothing really seemed to to work as well as this one does. So um, this seems to be the best case for. For the whole league so uh for every team so i mean it's uh, it's the way it's going to be so we have to prepare ourselves now to to play that playing round against chicago who um even though they might not have been in a playoff spot they uh i mean we know what they've been capable of over the last decade so uh they have that experience <clears throat> and they still have some of those core guys left so we got to prepare ourselves for that and uh, make sure that we come in uh, come in flying.
0: Have have you thought about that first game back and i'll i'll put it in this context ryan your first game back after training camp and not playing games for a while is usually a preseason game which i I know guys always want to perform and win but it's not quite the same intensity as as other times of the year have you thought about what's that going to be like to go from a camp straight into a, a highly meaningful and highly intense situation
2: yeah. I mean, uh, they, they've talked about every team possibly, um, having a couple or at least one exhibition game just to kind of get your feet under you. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but, uh, if we don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to come out, uh, you have to come out flying. And I think, uh, uh, I think we'll have, I mean, obviously you're going to have lots of energy, so you got to kind of, uh, use that, but also control it where you're not running around and, getting caught up position and stuff because like i said before our structure is something that we could fall back on and was important for us this year but um we're gonna just need to have a good camp and uh, i'm sure we'll do some scrimmages and stuff and uh and do a lot of have a lot of practices a lot of drills that are kind of game situations so uh, so that we're prepared to, to go right from the start
0: Ryan, just a couple more for you, up on maybe a bit of a, a lighter note before uh, before I let you go here. Any uh, any horses uh, running this summer? I know some of the the tracks obviously have been affected by the pandemic and some of the shutdowns. What's what's going on in that part of your life?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Same with the uh, the rest of the world or the rest of North America. Uh, Vancouver's been shut down now. They're supposed to start at the end of April, but. Um, they shut down for... Well, they shut down completely where no horses are allowed to train out there for, like, at least a month, so... The, they're back training out there, and uh, the plan is, or the goal, I think... Um, the schedule still hasn't come out yet, but uh, for start of July, uh, uh, that's when racing should start. Like, I think the first weekend is the third or fourth, so uh, somewhere around there, and I'll, uh, I'll have a couple out at out the track, and um, so... I doubt I'll be able to see them this year, but uh, still, I'll be able to watch online. So, uh, yeah, no, I was affected just like everything else by this, and uh, yeah, you just kind of have to roll with it. And uh, but they're all they're all training, and uh, everything's going well. All
0: right, and and it finally, and I know we've touched a little bit on this before, but since we have, uh, we're not in the midst of an intense season or playoffs here. I'll, I'll ask you this uh, as as well. You know, you've, you've obviously chosen a profession where you, you get headlines, you're, you're in the spotlight, but you're also a pretty humble guy. You know, you do work in the community and, and uh, you do events and, and meet with people. How aware and how, how do you handle sort of your, your popularity? Because I've noticed, you know, from being a host, every, a lot of people want you to be successful. You were here through a lot of tough years. They enjoy your individual success you know Oilers, Mason made the keep Nuge forever shirts, and people are already talking about re-signing you once this contract <laughs> is over. Like, how do you sort of process uh, all that? I know you, I know you probably don't pay attention to a ton of it, but uh, I'm sure you hear a little bit.
2: Um, well, I mean, it's, uh, I definitely hear more of it in Edmonton uh, compared to Vancouver, but uh, I'm just happy that, uh, uh, well, I've been lucky enough to to play in Edmonton for this is my ninth season. And, uh, I mean, we've had some tough years, and uh, we've had moments where the fans haven't been uh, completely happy. But for the most part, I mean, uh, they've been so supportive of us. And uh, I mean, every time I talk to a fan, they're so positive, and uh, they just want to shake your hand and uh, and and meet you and and just kind of say hi and tell you, let you know that they're a fan. So I mean, that uh, that excites you to go play for a city like that. And uh, I mean, it's uh, it's been. It's, my time in Edmonton has been great. I mean, I love it. It's my second home. It's, uh, I, I played my junior in Red Deer just down the road. My wife's from Red Deer, so it really is home to us out there. And um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way. It's, uh, it's been su- such a good part of my life. And um, obviously, now when, the, when things go well with the team, too, it uh, makes it even better.
0: Well, Ryan, thanks for doing this. I'm, I'm sure we'll be doing more down the road and talking uh, about hockey. I don't know if uh, media guys are going to be uh, in the dressing room or doing interviews in person for a while, but keep in touch. Thank you so much for your time.
2: Sounds good, Reed. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, that is Ryan Nugent Hopkins checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Always great to speak with him. I love how he identified Kyler Yamamoto as the puck retrieval guy on the line with Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins. So the smallest guy in the National Hockey League is the one who digs out the puck and, get it, and gets it to Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl to start the place. That line was incredible in uh, the second half of the season, which I guess wasn't a full half of the season, but you know what I mean, and uh, will definitely be very important for the Oilers whenever they get into this qualifying round against the Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, thanks a lot for checking in tonight. It's 20 after 7. Grant Fuhr, Oilers legend, is coming up between 7.30 and 8 tonight. We'll also talk a little bit about Chris Cuthbert changing networks. He's going from TSN to Sportsnet to do hockey play-by-play there. You are welcome to get in touch tonight. The number to call and text is the same, eight. 0496 0063 back after the break. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Just saw this tweeted out, so I, I quickly looked up a quick summary of the game. It was on this day in 1994, Canada had one of its biggest moments in men's soccer. Now, unfortunately, there haven't been very many. We've only been in the World Cup twice. We've come up short in qualifying a lot, had some pretty disappointing games along the way. Canada does have that Gold Cup victory from, uh, when was that, the fall of 1999, June 5th, 1994. Canada had come up just short in qualifying for the World Cup in the United States. Brazil came to Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton for an international friendly part of their preparation for the World Cup. And Brazil would win that World Cup. And Canada played Brazil to a 1-1 draw. And uh, here's the name that will always have some significance in Canadian soccer. Eddie Berdusco getting the goal for Canada after Brazil had gone up one nil. I didn't go to that game. I remember the coverage and I remember what a, uh, what a stunner it was uh, and how borderline tragic it was for Brazil that they didn't beat Canada in, in a, in a tune-up game anyway. Just wanted to get that out there. Jeremy from Glendon says, hey, Reed, Nugent Hopkins is right. Yamamoto is really key. He's like Brad Marchand, except way better looking, and he keeps his tongue to himself. I will miss Chris Cuthbert calling CFL games, but hockey is definitely his calling. That's from Jeremy. Got a couple other text messages, and as you would probably expect, some love for Nugent Hopkins. Kevin says that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is easy to cheer for because he's a skilled, well-rounded player, but what makes it even better. He is one of the classiest players ever to wear an Oilers uniform. That's from Kevin. Uh, Karen writes in, says, I loved seeing Nugent Hopkins have success with Yamamoto and Sidle. He was stuck with so many bad line mates for so long. And uh, Major Mike chiming in on the text line as well. He says, hey, Reed, I am going to make a prediction here. Uh-oh. Major Mike's making a prediction, Kellen. Oh, he says if the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, Ryan Nugent Hopkins will win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Well, that would that would be cool. I think if they won the Stanley Cup, Oilers fans would be just happy for whoever won the Conn Smythe Trophy, but definitely Nugent a uh, a popular player thanks a lot for those texts tonight we'll uh we'll get to a little more f- interaction as we uh, as we move along tonight we want to touch on the chris cuthbert story but one of the oilers legends grant feuer is up next Thanks for tuning in tonight. Two jar skating with Ryan Nugent Hopkins in Vancouver. You heard the Nug say that in my interview with him in the first half hour of the show. Nugent Hopkins not sure when he is going to come to Edmonton, even though we're going into Phase Two. Rogers Place has uh, the ice being installed, and players will be able to use Rogers Place for voluntary on or, or I guess, and or off ice workouts uh, with no more than six players at a time and limited participation from team staff as well. So that's where we're at with the NHL. Nugent Hopkins has been able to skate in Vancouver. Of course, they've done things a little differently with the arenas than we have here in Edmonton. So an ongoing story for the National Hockey League. Richard texting in one of many uh, positive texts about Nugent Hopkins. He says the Nuge is the best. I grew up in Red Deer. I have followed his whole career. A very classy player. Hope the Oilers keep him for his entire career. Yeah, Nugent Hopkins in his ninth season in the National Hockey League. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show, former goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, one of the greats of all time in the National Hockey League. It is Grant Fewer. Grant, you're on with Reed. Nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing good.
0: Thanks, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good to catch up with you. Where have you been riding this out, Grant, and how have you been keeping busy?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm down in Palm Desert, so that's where I've been living. And Basically, I'm playing golf. That's about it. That's all there is to do down here right now. So things are pretty limited. We got restaurants open here oh, about a week ago. So other than that, there hasn't been a lot to do.
0: So how's your golf game? Better than ever?
1: Uh, golf game's actually really good right now. I've had some time to work on it, so it's been good.
0: Good uh, good to hear. I, I want to hit on a few things with you tonight, but but we had Nugent Hopkins on the show. And uh, uh, I mean, I just read a positive text and I got, I got several as his interview was going on. He's, he's a pretty popular player who, you know, can kind of do a little bit of everything, and his point total really took off when he was playing with Dry title and, and Yamamoto. You know, not, like I said, not, almost nine full years in the NHL. What, what have you thought of Nugent Hopkins along the way?
1: I thought he was going great. I mean, you look at what they first asked him to do. They wanted him to check. He learned how to check. He did a very good job of that. Then they asked for a little more offensive contribution, and he stepped up and he's done that. So I think he's developed every year he's played.
0: Is, is, is there a comparable player to your era that, that you would put Nugent Hopkins? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. You like you had thousands of <laughs> <laughs> players in the league, that, but is there anybody he has reminded you of along the way? You know, he's
1: he's kind of like a poor man's version of Yari Curry, where they've asked him to check, but they've also asked him to create offensively. And that's what Yari did. Yari was a phenomenal checker, but he chipped in offensively, and that's what Newt just kind of turned into.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. And and Yari had those incredible point totals, but he he was an exceptional checking player as well. Grant, you joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Grant, it's uh, it's a difficult time in the world. As if having a pandemic wasn't challenging enough, uh, George Floyd was uh, killed by a Minneapolis police officer. That has led to protests really around the world, and unfortunately, some violence in, in areas of the United States. Look. Um, you know, how how do you see this, what's, what's happening uh, lately in, in, in the world? And, and what do you think needs to happen here so maybe we don't have to go through things like this down the road? Well, unfortunately, it's
1: it's been there for a long time. I mean, racism has existed for as far back as I can remember. I mean, I remember reading stuff about it going back to the 60s and such. So it's always been there. With COVID and everything that's been going on, it's kind of been a powder cake with people trapped in, and all it took was a bad officer to basically murder the gentleman, and it set off the powder cake. So, I yes, it has to stop. At the same time, you can't blame all policemen for it. I mean, you still have to support the police. It's the bad apples that they've got to get rid of in both society and the police.
0: You know, as a, as a hockey player, was uh, was racism ever an issue for you? Was it something you, you felt you had to face or overcome? Or how would you characterize that with your experience?
1: You know what? I was lucky. I was pretty insulated. With the team we had in Edmonton, it was all about performance. So we were pretty isolated that way. When I got to Buffalo, it was my first real experience with it. And by that time, I'd learned that... For me, you just had to move on. You just ignore the haters and that sort of thing, and it's kind of like that on Twitter now. You just ignore the haters and you move on. That's just the way the world is. So unfortunately, it's it's going to take a long conversation of everybody understanding where everybody else comes from, and it's it's a lot like Martin Luther King wanted. He wants everyone to be peaceful and to live as one. And right now, society's having a hard time with that.
0: Have you ever had a you know a black player or a player of color ask you for advice or anything like that or, or share experiences with you? I mean, I talked to Kevin Weeks earlier this game, this week, and he had you know that horrible banana incident, and uh, and we've we've had some other players speak up. Is, is, are those conversations you've had with with past or present players?
1: You know, I've, I've talked to some of the former players about it. I mean, just because. They went through the worst part of it. I mean, Willie O'Ree, the Mike Marsons, uh, Val James, guys like that that have gone through the worst of it. I think by the time I started in the league, it, it was a lot easier to play in the league at that time. So it's interesting to see their take on it, and it's interesting to read and listen to what the current player's take is.
0: Yeah, it, it, there's been some pretty shocking stories. And obviously this isn't the first you and I have talked about this or, or this discussion has has been had, but but it's, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate that people like you and those other players stepping up and, and, and telling their stories because I've always find Grant, when you actually, like we all have, I think most reasonable people have a very sort of sickened reaction to racism. And then when you actually hear a specific incident described, it's, it's sickening and it's just absurd to think that somebody could even express themselves that way to another human being. It's heartbreaking. I mean, Society should be better than that.
1: I mean, more than anything, it is, it's not something that should be prevalent in 2020, but yes, here we are. So, in, in my view, society's gone backwards. And I think a lot of that is on some of the mainstream media, some on politicians. Because I mean, all you've heard now for three and a half years is hate. And that
0: sows the seeds of it yeah grant fewer joining us today at inside sports grant thanks thanks for commenting on that we do appreciate it we also wanted you to, to have you on to talk about uh, a total sp- uh, sports topic you are part of a uh, a new league uh you can check it out by going to three ice.com so the number three the word ice.com it's a it's a three on three hockey league grant what, what can you tell us about this how'd you get involved
1: Well, Mr. Patrick asked me if I'd be interested in coaching one of the teams, and I've always been a big fan of offensive hockey. I'm that strange goalie that loves goals. So we took a look at it, and I mean, love offensive hockey, so three-on-three is definitely an offensive game that's going to be fast-paced, and it's all about attack and puck control, so it was something to get my feet back in the game and something I love.
0: So how is it going to work in terms of where the teams are stationed and how this, this season will play out?
1: Uh, we're going to have eight teams in the league, and we're, we'll play nine weeks in nine different cities. So you really don't have a home city. It's kind of a traveling road show. So each team is going to consist of a goalie and six skaters. We'll play two eight-minute periods. So it's going to be very fast-paced, and it's going to be exciting.
0: Guy Carboneau, one of the coaches. Uh, John LeClaire, who had a couple of 50-goal seasons. Joe Mullen, who scored all the time, it seemed like, <laughs> when, when he played. So uh, Larry Murphy, who was a, a great defenseman with an incredible offensive touch as well. So so you definitely have some guys. Now, what, what are you like as a coach? You're known for being so laid back as a player. What's your, your coaching personality going to be?
1: Oh, I'm still pretty laid back. I mean, I... <laughs> I like fast pace. I want puck control, and I want everything very up-tempo. So that's what I'll push, and that's what I'll promote, and hopefully that's what I get out of the players.
0: All right. Well, and the, so obviously, uh, I, I guess this goes without saying, but I'll ask you the obvious question to get your thoughts. I assume you have loved the addition of three-on-three overtime to the NHL then.
1: I do. I mean, I think it's one of the more exciting parts of the game. You can have a game that kind of sleeps through a whole game. You get to overtime, it, it excites the fans. The players love it. So to have a league of three-on-three, three, I think, is going to be very exciting.
0: And there's a chance for the goalies to get involved because we've seen goaltenders make saves and then drop the puck down and fire it up ice.
1: <laughs> oh, no, goalies are going to be a big part of the offense. I mean, that's, when we go to camp, that's would be something I'm looking for. A goalie's got to be able to make saves, one, but he's also got to be able to move the puck.
0: So it's going to be fun. Do you know where the players are going to come from yet for this league?
1: I believe they're going to try and catch guys that are either just in the tail ends of their contracts, coming out of the NHL, American League players that are coming out of the tail end of contracts or guys looking for contracts because we'll be able to showcase their offensive abilities. So it's going to be a whole collection of different types of
0: players. Well' that'll, that'll be fun to watch. I, I think I think I'll, is, this, is it next summer it's going to launch?
1: Yes, we're going to have training camp, I believe, in February. And then we'll start the league in June of next year.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that sounds like fun. Uh, the, the, I, like, I've loved the three-on-three three overtime. You see a lot of skill and a lot of great goals and a lot of great saves, too. There's a chance for the goalies to shine as well. Grant Fuhrer joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, uh, a couple more for you. How, what have you thought about this plan for the NHL to To finish the season, they've expanded the playoffs, so some teams that were likely not going to get in are going to have at least a shot at, at, at winning the Stanley Cup. Just what have you thought about this whole effort to to bring the league back and how they're carrying it out?
1: You know, as long as it's safe for the players, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm, there's nothing. I'm bored. I'd love to see hockey. I think that's the greatest thing going, and I think society needs sport back. So that part of it is good. The 2014 thing, I kind of mixed emotions on that. I mean, the 16 teams that were in a playoff spots have worked hard to get to that point. So are you kind of demeaning what they put into the season? I have mixed emotions on that side of it.
0: Yeah, yeah so, so do I And I mean, look, I, I'm a radio talk show host So I'm going to talk about just little details like that too But I, I don't know, Like Montreal was not having a very good season And with, with their goaltender, who knows, right? They could, they could be the team that all of a sudden upsets some, some other clubs and goes on a run
1: Oh no, you look at Montreal with Carey Price You look at the Rangers and their goaltending I mean, you've got some teams that all of a sudden have an opportunity That if one of their goalies gets hot They could make a run all the way to the finals
0: the Oilers had an incredible power play during the regular season, as many teams you played on did. This year's Oilers also had the second-best penalty kill in the NHL, which was a total turnaround from where they'd been the last couple of years. You have to have good goaltending to have a good PK. But when you played, what did you want from a, from a penalty killer? Did you want all the shots blocked and all that kind of stuff, or what were your expectations from your penalty killers?
1: No, you just wanted to know what the shooting angles were. I mean, when we killed penalties, we were an aggressive penalty-killing team, and we tried to turn that into offense, too, so the other team didn't get comfortable in the offensive zone, where if they made a mistake, we could still attack. So I think that's why you saw Wayne kill penalties, Yari, Mark, Glennie, Anderson. But we also had the guys like Davey Hunter and Patty Hughes that could shut teams down killing penalties, too. So a lot of it's creating angles, and you just try and take away the cross-ice
0: stuff all right and i got one more for you and if you think i put you on the spot earlier about a comparison from nuge then i'm really going to do it here (laughs) so uh and i'm just going to tease something that bob and i are going to be talking about on our shows next week and on global television it's going to involve some of the all-time greats in in the oilers organization if you had to pick any oilers goaltender in his prime to win a game seven and you can't pick yourself who would you pick I'd take Andy Moog. Yeah, I think Andy'd be the
1: guy in Game Seven. How come? And I and I'd have Billy backing him up. So they they, they were both great goaltenders in their own right. So I uh, I would have complete confidence in either or.
0: Well, and that's what you want, right? You want a confident goalie, and you want the team to have confidence in him for sure. Grant, it's always a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, uh, I know you're usually back in Edmonton. At some point in the summer, hopefully we will get to see each other. But uh, if we don't, I wish you all the best, and thanks for checking in. I got some some of your fans texting in tonight. Somebody even pictured a, a photo they took with you at one point. So obviously you're still loved here in oil country. Thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, and I'll be up there once they decide to open the border again. So
0: it's great talking to you right on that is grant fewer checking in tonight uh some really thoughtful comments on uh, some of the race issues that we're seeing boil over in the united states and from a hockey standpoint this uh, three-on-three league he is going to be coaching in you can check it out yourself threeice.com the number three the word ice.com it is is we're back after the break <laughs> Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Grant. If you are on the show, you ever miss anything or you want to hear it again, look for the Inside Sports podcast wherever you get your podcasts or you can go to the page for the show on 630ched.com. Okay, so I want to hit on some uh, other notes. It is still not looking good for Major League Baseball. They continue to squabble. The players have accused the teams of depriving America of baseball games as part of a money fight created by the pandemic. They uh, raised the possibility that baseball might push ahead with a shortened season over the union's objections. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what is going to happen there. The uh, commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, says the league was wrong in how it handled player protests in the past about police brutality and systemic racism. He released a video today that was about a minute and 21 seconds, and he actually said that, that the league was wrong about uh, how they handle some things. This was in response to uh, another video put out previously by several star players asking the NFL to condemn racism. The memorial, the golf tournament held at Muirfield Village Golf Club in Ohio, could have fans. Um at least some fans, the Ohio governor has approved a plan for maybe some people to attend. That would make it the first PGA Tour event with a crowd since the shutdown of everything in uh, the middle of March. So we'll keep an eye on that. And Chris Cuthbert, who got uh, early in his career, he was working here at CBC Edmonton, anchoring the sports. One of the guys uh, I've always looked up to, Well, not, I was going to say throughout my career, really throughout my life, because I used to watch him in junior high and high school growing up in Evansburg, often Friday and Saturday. I would stay up and watch the late night sports, and he was one of the anchors working there. He is going to Sportsnet, and he will be calling NHL games. Once the season resumes, his contract with TSN expired at the end of May. Uh, He'd been at TSN since 2005, calling CFL and NHL. You know, a lot more CFL in recent years, ever since TSN lost the contract to Rogers. Uh, He was on hockey night in Canada before that. So that's a big move. Chris Cuthbert, one of the most prominent names. In uh, Canadian sports broadcasting, very popular play-by-play guy, very good. He's called the Olympics uh, and uh, known for being a very, uh, very nice guy as well. So that that's interesting. We'll see what happens with Jim Houston. This could be. I've seen people tweeting. Well, Jim Houston's going to be demoted. I don't. I don't know if that's exactly how we're going to call it. Maybe Jim Houston might. I, I don't know. I shouldn't speculate too much. But I would think if Cuthbert's making this move, he's going to get the the number one chair. On uh, with the Rodgers deal and on Hockey Night in Canada and for the playoffs. Which means, now this also makes you wonder, with the CFL, Cuthbert would have already been doing games. He's not doing games. And there might not even be a CFL season. I wonder if that factored into Cuthbert's decision at all. This opens the door for Edmonton's Dustin Nielsen who I'm sure you guys know hosts a morning show on TSN 1260. And Dusty's a great guy. Uh, He has already called a few CFL games. I think he did eight or nine last year and he will be getting more, more games. I guess for this year maybe a greater percentage of the games even if the quantity isn't more because it's going to be a half season at most so uh, and Dustin uh, an excellent play-by-play guy an excellent broadcaster and a good human being so I'm happy for, for him to get the opportunity but there's so you know locally we talk about Cuthbert because he was here here in Edmonton he was here in Edmonton and the, the local uh, story angle there with Dustin Nielsen going to be doing more Canadian football league games as well and you've heard him on the airwaves calling U of A stuff over the past few years as well so a uh, Good for Dustin, and uh, I think a lot of hockey fans are uh, happy that they're going to be getting a little more Cuthbert on a national level as well. Okay. So, are we winding her down already, Kellen? Is it almost hobo time? It is it's almost. T almost T hobo minus time. 10 seconds from 10, hobo time. We're, we're 10 seconds from the hobo. Well... Tell you what, uh, this was a fun show. Great to hear from the Nuge. You can get more at 630 global globalnews.ca. I've posted a story there about him as well as the uh, audio for the interview embedded, and it's cool to get Grant Viewer's thoughts too. We are going to be back on Monday at 7 for more Inside Sports. Don't forget Bob Stoffer as Oilers now, noon to 2 every day on 630jet. Dave Campbell is the producer of this show, and a big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. I really appreciate you listening. Have a great weekend. Take care.
1: Until tomorrow. I'll just keep
0: 630 Chad inside
1: sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.